Welcome to the podcast at thatguitarlover.com. I'm your host, Ross Chevalier. Hello, neighbors. As we dive into the new year, my perusal of all things guitar and bass over the holiday sales blitz went on as usual. It looked to me like the sale prices closely resembled the regular prices from early summer following the barrage of summer and fall price increases. I did hear in guitar shops and from folks sending me questions here at the site that there's a real split occurring in pedal purchase choices and questions being asked which way to go. Some players want a pedal that does one thing really well and where the manual, if there even is one, is more about required safety than operational requirements or skills needed. Others want a pedal that does one thing in a ton of different ways while other groups want one pedal platform that does everything. I'm curious which way you fall, if indeed you go one way more than another. Let's start our conversation today with the single purpose pedal. Back in my youth, which feels about 600 years ago, you bought a pedal and it did one thing. And if you were successful, it did that one thing really, really well. My example for this will be, and has been for years, the MXR Phase 90. It's still made and sold, which tells us that this model of delivery worked back then and still works today. Now, back in the day, I couldn't afford the Phase 90, so bought the Phase 45, which worked well for me, but I always knew I was behind the phaser curve. The phase 90 is simple. It has one input, one output. There's a single on-off stop switch and a single knob labeled speed. While it was now a long time back when the first Van Halen album came out, Eddie Van Halen brought the phaser out of involuntary retirement that hit it in the face of the emergence of the pedal flanger and now today, the phase shifter is still a real thing, and they still sell well today. The MXR Phase 90 is priced well at 90 bucks US MAP, and it's built like a tank. You can run the current product on a simple 9-volt battery, or, if you'd like, off any 9-volt power supply that can deliver 5 milliamps. That's hardly demanding. The Phase 90 is so successful that Dunlop makes several variants. The current model, the EVH model, the script typeface version, a 1974 vintage version, and two different versions with two knobs, the Phase 99 and the Deep Phase. While there is a manual for the Phase 90, I can't say I've ever encountered any player who's read it. They plug in and play and twist the speed knob to find the sounds that they like. Simple, finished, done. The next type of pedal that has gained popularity with some players is the advanced single function multi-method pedal. These cost more because they do more in their specific genre. Just as we started with phase shifters, in that same space we could consider Strymon's Zelza. I bought and reviewed one last year 
and it retails for $349 US MAP. It's still a phase shifter, but offers a lot more sound options than the simple phase shifter, such as we find in the MXR Phase 90. How it does this is by providing more controls. The upside is more flexibility. The downside is that to really learn the capabilities, you need to spend a lot of time experimenting with it. Now, in this case, the unit incorporates two separate phase shifters, each with its own set of controls. So there's even more to learn. And many buyers find that they need to crack the user manual to really understand all the options, or sadly, will never experience all that the Zelza has to offer. This is not true just for the Zelza. I find it true for all of the pedals that fall into this type of space. I will credit Strymon because the controls have labels that do a decent job of explaining what the knob does. But man, there are a lot of pedals with really unintuitive labeling that remind me of an adolescent comic book. Make up words that don't mean anything and apply them to a control. That's really fun when you're 11. I'm not 11. So while you can use these pedals out of the box, you need to spend a lot of time with the pedal to get all of its benefits. And you may even have to read the documentation, particularly if the labeling is juvenile. This can be a challenge because there are really excellent pedal makers who couldn't write documentation to save their own lives. The third type of pedal is the incredibly powerful multi-effector. While I could mention various members of the Line 6 HX family in this category, I'm not going to because their UI is, in my opinion, really quite decent. Instead, I'm going to use as an example a pedal that I see on many pro pedal boards. A lot of pros use this pedal. And it's from Eventide and is called the H9 Max. And Eventide labels this as one pedal to rule them all. Certainly a slightly modified steel from the Lord of the Rings, but Eventide's not the first to do so and they won't be the last. The H9 Max is also known as the H9 Harmonizer because back in the day, Eventide made a rack mount device called the Harmonizer that pretty much every major record artist used at one time or another. The H9 Harmonizer or H9 Max does all manner of different effects, albeit only one of them at a time. It has two stomp switches, one of which is a tap tempo control, the other turns the unit on and off. It has one master knob and five buttons to select presets or activate the master knob is what they call a hot knob or to use to modify the parameters for a specific effect. The buttons are labeled X, Y, and Z, not completely intuitive. There is a single line LED display that reminds me of a 1970s calculator. I think of the Rapid Man 800 that used to be on the back pages of the old Eaton's catalog here in Canada. Big digits that don't tell you much. And when there is a description on the display, it's frequently truncated. There is, however, an excellent Bluetooth app for this pedal. And while I've owned the H9 Max for many years, if there was not this Bluetooth app, that pedal would have been in a drawer a long time ago. It looks simple, but it's not simple. 
don't take me wrong. It's not simple because it's so darn powerful to get anything useful out of the pedal unless you are willing to spend the time scrolling endlessly through the presets and in the unlikely occasion that you actually find a preset that you like right out of the box, I haven't found one yet, you must spend a lot of time with the pedal and you're going to need to read the documentation. Likely multiple times because remember this device is delivering multiple effects all through the same set of controls. Don't take me wrong, the H9 Max is absolutely amazing, but the learning curve is both long and very steep. After spending the money, while it does pretty much every effect known to humankind, it still only does one of them at a time. All manner of choices for $599 US MAP, but in practice, you may find it a bit limiting. It does all these things, but only one at a time. Eventide elected to address this in two ways. First, to th simplify things out, they brought out a few pedals that do a set of like effects from the H9 in an easier to use real-time pedal with more specific and intuitive controls. So you might find the black hole as an example, which is a reverb pedal. It takes all the reverbs from the H9 Max and puts them in a single reverb pedal. A lot of folks find this easier to use, and it's more like the second type of pedal that we've talked about. But for those who want everything, they then release the H90 harmonizer that is like two H9 Maxes together. All the same functions as the H9 Max, but where you can have two effects active at the same time. It sells for 899 US MAP. Same complexity, same incredible capability, same long, steep learning curve. It may sound like I do not like the Eventide products. I will freely admit that I'm not enamored of most of their user interfaces, but once you understand them, and you can get past that, the audio quality of these products is absolutely superb, and you understand why Eventide made such a difference in recording studio rack effects back in the 70s and 80s. Help me out here by sharing either in an email or by posting a comment indicating which pedal type you tend to follow. And if you don't mind, tell me why you choose that type. Also, always feel free to send an email or post a comment with your questions. I read and respond to all of them. As always, thank you very much for listening. Please subscribe to the articles and this podcast so you get notified when a new one is posted. Until next time, peace.